Today on Power Tips Unscripted, we talk to Wayne Rivers, president of the Family Business Institute. So much of family-owned business education is focused on soft issues, like improving communication. But Wayne's approach is very different. Today, he'll show you a tried and proven step-by-step strategic planning method for maximizing both the success of your business and your family harmony. Surely you can't be serious. I am serious. Now don't call me Shirley. Hi, I'm Victoria Downing, and welcome to Power Tips Unscripted, where we talk about tools, tactics, and techniques to help you build a strong, profitable remodeling company. I'm here today with my co-host, Mark Harari. Good morning. And, and, you know, I'm really excited about today's podcast because we have a good friend, a good colleague, a business advisor, and a fellow member of our own peer group, The Masterminds, and Wayne Rivers. He is a dynamic speaker, and he's authored four books on the subject of business families, the latest of which is Our Family Business Crisis and How It Made Us Stronger. Wayne has appeared on the Today Show, CNN, MSNBC, CNBC, Business Week in all sorts of other publications and programs. He's been in the New York Times, the Washington Post, and many other publications. Now, one of his greatest things, the most prestigious of all, is that he's going to be a speaker at our 2018 Remodeler Summit this September in New Orleans. So we're Actually, pumped. The, the most prestigious thing he's going to be on is Power Tips Unscripted. Oh, <laughs> That's true. Okay. That's true, right here. Yeah. But then he's also going to be at the summit. So welcome, Wayne. Thank you for being here. Well, thank you. I suppose the check is in the mail for the summit, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yep, got that invoice, buddy. Um, so thanks for being with us. So no, you- th- Thank you for having me. Uh, I'm excited to talk with you guys. You're so much fun, and, uh, and hopefully we can pass along some information that your audience will really enjoy. So you've been working in the family business field for years. How did you get into this? How did you find yourself specializing? Isn't it crazy how we end up in our careers? Uh, I, when I finished college, I went to work for a bank, and boy, I absolutely hated it. Uh, my first review, I'd never had a, an employee review before, and after six months, I got a review, and, um, and I got in trouble because I was leaving at 5 o'clock. But I had done all my work and, and, and some or much of the work of several other loan officers during the course of the day. I didn't drink coffee and hang around and visit and, you know, kill time. I actually put my head down and worked. And so at five o'clock, I had a long commute. I was eager to get home. I left and I got in trouble at my first employee evaluation because I, it, it sent the wrong message. Mm-hmm. I thought the message was work hard yeah. and <laughs> get a lot of things done on behalf of the company. The message was really about appearances, not, not productivity. And so I wanted to get into a business where I could get paid based on my productivity and my style, not because some bureaucrat, you know, three floors, three floors above me in the bank thought what my style should be. So I ended up working for a company that worked exclusively with family businesses. And I was really attracted to that because I'm from a really small town. And the people in my small town that seem to have the most fun and have the best lifestyle, or guess what? people that own the local retail store or people that own the car dealership or the drugstore or whatever. And as I, as I was a kid and I watched all those people, I was like, they, they seem to be more fun and they seem to be more lively and have more energy. And 
And oh, by the way, they have nice homes and, and, and lake homes and things like that too. How do I get into that? Well, we didn't have a family business. This is the closest thing that I could imagine. So when I got a chance to go to work for this firm that worked for family businesses, I jumped on it. And that was 29 years ago, and I never looked back. That is very cool. So you've seen a lot of different scenarios. Uh, what are some of the what are some of the main reasons that family businesses struggle? Well, 29 years ago when I started, it was all about moms and dads passing the business down to their kids. And moms and dads would be 70 or 75 or 80 years old and really reluctant to let go of the business. And it wasn't because they needed the money or, you know, because they, I mean, they did love the business, but the main reason they held on so long, too long in most cases, was that they, they, they gathered their identity from that business. Their, their identity had become the lady that runs the remodeling business or the guy that runs the car dealership. They, they became what they did. They lost their identities as people a long time ago. That was 29 years ago. Now, today, the biggest problem is not moms and dads who are reluctant to let go because those moms and dads have either aged out or in lots of cases, they've died. The biggest problem today is with siblings. Many, most of the companies we deal with today are generation two or even generation three family companies. And you've got groups of people now because mom and dad passed the business down to their three kids and they passed the business down to their three kids. So you've got groups of owners, some of whom work in the business and some of whom don't. And it is so rare, Vic, for them to share a common vision for the business. Now, that sounds like a bunch of hokey consultancy crap, but it's not. If the owners don't share a crystal clear, compelling common vision for where their remodeling company is going in the next 10 years, they won't get along. They won't be as productive as they could be. They won't be as profitable as they could be. You know, the, the employees won't be as happy as they ought to be. That vision is the key element. That's the first mm-hmm. element you create when you're creating a long-term 10-year plan for, a, in our case, commercial contractor or, in your case, a remodeling company. Well, so how is this different than any other business that has more than one owner or even that only has one owner? Isn't The vision is a key for any kind of business, isn't it? I think it is. And, again, if you talk to a hardworking remodeler, and you say, we've got to sit down and take a day and just really hone in mm-hmm. on what your vision for this company is. He or she is going to say, Victoria, you must be insane. I'm so busy. The phone is ringing. I've got stuff to do. I've got job sites to visit. You know, I've got 10 other things going on today. And you want me to take a day out of my busy schedule and focus on the vision. And your answer, of course, is yes, you should. <laughs> yes. And, and if you don't, let me be very blunt. Let me go ahead and step on toes as I do with my audience. Let me <laughs> step on the toes of your audience. You're idiot <laughs> if you don't focus on where you're going to be in five or ten years. Because our clients in commercial construction and your remodelers, they pedal the bicycle insanely hard six days a week. And on Sunday, they go to church and, and you know, try to rest on Sunday afternoon. And they get up Monday morning and do it all over again. And their intentions are to work on the business, Mm -hmm. you know, to do the strategic planning and do the strategic hiring, create a budget and do all the things that we recommend. But they never get around to it because they don't have any time. Mm -hmm. Their time is 152% committed every single week. So they don't have time to do any of this high level stuff. 
And if, you know, if they don't carve out the time to do it now when they're 40 or 45 or 50, think about how it's going to be when they're 65 or 70. Oh, yeah. You, you talk about some forlorn people. When I go to people and they know they should have done this years ago and now they're 75 years old and they're still working six days a week, you talk about some sad sack people. Oh, yeah. They're just miserable because they know they've created a trap for themselves and it was completely mm-hmm. self-inflicted. Mm-hmm. So do you think that the idea of creating a vision for within a family business is um, it has another level of complexity to it? Definitely. You know, the stuff that families cling to doesn't make sense. You know, you you stole my bicycle when when, when I was 14 years old. <laughs> the stuff that they bring up in meetings today at age 50 that relates to the hurts and the transgressions of 20 and 30 years ago is shocking. Mm-hmm. Now, I understand human psychology and, and these things build up over time. It's not like, you know, it's not like there are any great tragedies where one sibling tried to murder another. We don't have that. But, <laughs> but we do have all this stuff come up where they got they got in a fight or disagreed over politics or my spouse doesn't like your spouse or whatever. And it's human nature, I suppose. But there's not a damn thing they can do about what happened in the past. Right. Not a thing. The only things they can control now are the present and the future. Okay. And of course, we only have so much control over those. But you know, to keep on bringing, it, it's almost like I remember dealing with a family a few years ago in the real estate development business, and they were demanding apologies from each other for things that happened 20 or 30 years ago, and they were obsessed obsessed with blame. They, they just wanted to, this is how we got in this condition because she did this or he did that. That's why we are who we are now. Well, who gives a crap? You, you, you are where you are in life, you know, with your children, with your, you know, with your church, with your neighbors. You are where you are. Who gives a crap how you got there? Mm-hmm. The question is, what are you going to do about it? Mm-hmm. Are you going to sit there and continue to wallow in crap? Or are you going to move on and, and try to be a better person, a better businessman? So, Wayne, so there's all this added tension and stress in a, in a family business relationship, what's the magic bullet? You know, there is a magic bullet and your, and your, your remodelers are going to hate it when I say it. And I'll tell you why in a minute, but there is a magic bullet and we've been employing it now for about five to seven years and we've got the numbers to back it up. So let me, here's a backstory. So I was in a meeting with 40 something family business consultants from around the world in our trade association, 14 different countries around the world represented among these 40-something people. And we watched a video case study of a family manufacturing business that was pretty dysfunctional. And then we were supposed to develop solutions that would help this family uh, come out the other side. And so we broke up into groups, small groups of about eight or 10 each. And then we went to a table, table one, table two, and you had to report out your solutions. Table one says, blah, blah, blah. They need a family retreat. Now, this is a dysfunctional family as well as a dysfunctional business in this case study, okay? Family retreat, table two, blah, 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 family retreat, table three, blah, 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 family retreat. I I can't believe my ears. Here are experienced, resourceful professionals from all over the world, and the only arrow in their quiver seemed to be a family retreat, (laughs) which is a fine tool, but it has to be deployed really carefully. And so they got to my table, and I stood up, and I said, I can't believe my ears. (laughs) This is the worst idea I've ever heard to take this family, dysfunctional at the family level and the business level, and put them into an emotionally charged environment like a two- or three-day family retreat where they're going to experience 
emotions high and low that they haven't felt and probably don't want to feel. I mean, think about your remodelers. They're kind of tough men and women, right? They don't want to, they're not all touchy feely, but you know, this is a bunch of psychologists and head shrinkers and things like that. Family retreat, family retreat. Well, look, that family retreat for this particular family in this case study and for your remodelers too, by the way, has the potential, just as much potential to be disastrous as it does to produce results. And so I said, you can't do a family retreat. with You got to go in through the business door. And you go start doing business planning. And you know what? You can teach them basic communication skills. And, and you can teach them all kinds of things. Does it really matter if you're trying to help this family? Does it really matter that you go in through the family door? Can't you just as easily go in through the business door and help them that way? Well, I thought I made an eloquent point, and I, they almost kicked me out. It was, <laughs> it, was, it was horrifying. It was ironic to me that they really didn't want to hear anybody with a dissenting opinion. I guess it's like politics. Mm -hmm. And anyway, it, so not long after that, this big scholarly article came out and guess what? It, it, it kind of, it kind of agreed with me more than the other people in the room, which made me feel better. But we've been using this business planning methodology for six or seven years now, and we can show numbers. It moves the needle. It absolutely does. And the shocking byproduct, get this, the shocking byproduct of this magic bullet solution is, and we're going through the business door now, you do all this business planning and this unexpected thing happens. Family harmony improves hmm. because you've, you've got them, you've got them in a better place in terms of their vision, in terms of their level of hmm. communication and understanding of both the family and the business. And all this happens as a part of business planning. Hmm. It's just a beautiful unanticipated side benefit that happens. Everybody feels better and more optimistic about the future because they see a roadmap and a track to run on. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, you wouldn't think that. It but does. Now, now, why do you, why do your members hate that solution? So your members are out there going, oh, crap, this guy, here's just another guy. He's a consultant in North Carolina. There are a bunch of backwards hillbillies down there. <laughs> so, <laughs> and a lot of your members, a lot of your remodelers have hired a consultant to come in and do strategic planning. And they say, oh, God, we spent $25,000 on this consultant. And, and he gave us this big book, and it's on the shelf gathering dust. And it's, it, it, we wasted our time, and we wasted our money. And we tried that 10 years ago, and it didn't work. Well, let me tell you all something. You screwed up. You hired a rotten consultant, probably. But the worst thing is you let that thing sit on the shelf. If you can't take your 30,000-foot business plan, and bring it down into weekly action items and a budget that you look at every single month, mm -hmm. you screwed up. And, and most plans that I see are a bunch of Excel spreadsheets or vague goals or, you know, really vague statements like we'll be the best at. Mm -hmm. well, who the hell, how can you measure that? Mm -hmm. How can you measure we're going to be the best at something? You know, so the, the, the problem is not. I think a lot of people are out there doing bad strategic planning. You wouldn't believe the crap that we see. But the worst part is that the end user, the remodeler, is not grabbing that 30,000-foot plan and bringing it into the present and, 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 and creating a pathway to work on it every single week mm -hmm. for, for an hour or two at least. How did you come up with the idea of going in through the business door versus the family? I mean, what – triggered that to you? I'm very lazy. <laughs> I'm a lazy person. 
And, and, and so we were trying to go in through the family door, which is what my trade association recommended. And I was a young man. I was impressionable. I was reading all these articles. And this is what you have to do to get into a family retreat. And it was really difficult. I mean, people really resisted it. And then when they did family retreat, most of the time they turned out okay. But sometimes it got so emotional, people would storm out of the room and they would just get so visibly you could see them you could see the discomfort just their skin was crawling oh. and and you could see they were uncomfortable with the, with the process and being a lazy person i wanted to go through the the path of least resistance and i could see that if we talk business everybody's pretty comfortable i mean yeah, yeah sure things get controversial and people disagree over vision or or budget or numbers or revenue or whatever but they the, but they seem to be able to assimilate that a whole lot better when you when you've got them talking about you know their deepest emotions and, and experiences from their childhood, people get really mm-hmm. emotional and vulnerable. And and most of our family business clients, and I bet this applies to your remodelers, they're just not all that comfortable, you know, speaking the language of love and family and emotion. That's mm-hmm. just not who they've come to be as adults. Mm-hmm. So tell us a little bit about the steps that go into this strategic planning method. What makes your vision or your your process different? than some of the others that you've seen? Well, it's, we've, I'm sure we screwed up a few uh, in the early days, but we created, you know, when you go to a McDonald's, it doesn't matter if you're in Maryland or North Carolina or California, you kind of know what to expect. They've got a franchise prototype. Mm-hmm. So we sat down with, with my team and, and we created a franchise prototype. So we've got a 10-step process that we've built out and that everybody kind of agrees on. And we've tweaked it a little bit over the years, but it basically came from our individual consultants best practices and what we've seen frankly work with our clients so i have to say you know 29 years there weren't a lot of tools for us to draw on when we started Mm -hmm. Uh, we had to make up our own tools as we went and so there was a lot of trial and error in this process but there again now that we've got it built out we can see you know we can see that our peer group members just like you can demonstrate if somebody joins a remodelers advantage peer group their performance as a, as a company is going to go up mm-hmm. and you have, you can document that. Well, we can document that too. We can also document that our peer group members, so our peer group members basically outperform the average contractor by two X volume mm-hmm. and profit. Sweet. Our strategic planning peer group members outperform the average contractor by four X wow. volume and profit. Hmm. Yeah. So it, it makes, it just, it just makes a huge difference. Not to mention all the cultural improvements. You know, so many of our clients, and I bet remodelers are the same way, they're really top down. Mom and dad make all the decisions and think they have to put their hand on every aspect of the business every day. Mm-hmm. And it's a command and control. It's a very military kind of environment. Mm-hmm. And we find that the strategic planning process opens up communication throughout the organization. And now people who maybe were down a level or two from the very top are having their input uh, actually listen to so they feel better they're getting a chance to participate in the future design of the company you know they're more excited they're more enthusiastic they feel like they're a real part of the team they have skin in the game it, it improves the culture of the business morale goes up you know everybody wants to know nobody would get on a plane not knowing the destination mm-hmm. right right you don't just walk in the airport and walk down the jetway and get on a plane and say okay where are we going that's foolish <laughs> but yet that's what our that's what our contractor clients and that's what your remodelers ask their people to do every day. Come to work, bust your ass for 50 hours a week, 60, 80, whatever it takes. And I let you know 
when we arrive at our destination when we get there. And really, I don't know either. I don't know what the destination is either, other than I want to survive one more year. Mm-hmm. So we're asking people to get on a plane with us every day, a business plane, not knowing what the destination is. And think about how foolish that sounds. You know, there's sort of two directions I want to go in this conversation. One is going into more detail on some of the steps. Maybe you could share one or two of that 10-step process. Then after that, I would love for you to give some really practical tips or advice to both dads or parents that are moving their children into leadership and then vice versa. Like, for example, yesterday I spoke to the uh, president of a business that has that was founded by a father and are five brothers involved in it. You know, wow, we'll talk about a lot of family mm. dynamic. Yeah. So, so what do you think? Mm. First, let's share a couple of those steps and then go into some practical advice. Sure, yeah. The the first step, and again, it sounds all consultancy, is uh, vision, mission, and values. And we start with values. Everybody has values that they live, and they've probably never really sat down and thought about it and put it on paper. But I know that when we did it however many years ago, it's been 12, 15 years ago now, and we've we've – made little tweaks from time to time, but they've really never changed. We have four company values. Two are outward facing, customer facing, and two are inward facing. And we actually changed our values this year. This sounds, you know, your remodelers don't like to hear this. We actually took, we, we always had our customer facing values, our first two values at the top, right? Customers always right, that kind of stuff. This year, we inverted that and we put our employee values first because it dawned on me that we're not going to be our best serving our customers. We're not all happy and aligned internally at, at my company. Mm-hmm. So our, our two values are we're going to have warmth. Um, our two inward facing values are we're going to have warmth, trust, and team play as a group. Uh, and, th- and then the second one is that um, we're going to be an authentic example to the mm-hmm. people with whom we work. So if we say, hey, you need to do strategic planning, by God, we do strategic planning. Mm-hmm. If we say you need leadership development, by God, we get leadership development. <laughs> right. Uh, if we say you need a budget, by God, we have a budget. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, you know, we, we absolutely want to be authentic. Mm-hmm. And then the two customer-facing ones are, you know, the typical kind of stuff that you can imagine. It's, you know, not the customer's always right, because they're not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, that's the funny thing. Uh, you know, I, I, I put myself through college in retail. And in retail, the customer's always right. When, when it comes to what we do, what you guys do at RA, you know, if the customer knew what was right, they'd already be doing it. They wouldn't need you. They wouldn't need your peer groups. They wouldn't need your one-on-one consulting. They don't, they, they literally get stuck and they don't know what to do and they don't know where to turn. Mm-hmm. And their traditional advisors, the lawyer, the CPA, the banker, the investment guy, they have no tool for a lot of what you're advising and we're advising customers to do, right? Right. I mean, lawyers, a contract can only solve so many things. Mm-hmm. And if you've got, you know, you're trying to actually run the operations of your business. You're trying to do budgeting for the first time, or, or you're trying to come up with some, you know, uh, create, you need software to run your business. Well, how the heck is your lawyer who's a generalist or your CPA who's a generalist? How are they going to help you with specific software if you're a remodeling contractor? Mm-hmm. To know, to get into the nuts and bolts of that stuff, you need other remodeling contractors that have already been where you want to go. Right. And that's what the peer groups are all about. That's why they're so successful. I would like to say that peer groups work because Victoria and Mark are so smart. <laughs> or the Wayne <laughs> well, there is so that. Smart. Stop, stop right it's there. It's really not, is it? It's all about the members. Mm-hmm. It's oh, all yeah. about the members and mm-hmm. the value they bring each other. Mm-hmm. For sure. Okay, so... What was your second question? Well, you know, you, you so that was the sort of a lot of the hard stuff, the business door, the strategic, the numbers, the objective data, a lot of that. 
So what, but, but in your mm-hmm. work, you do still deal with some of the soft issues that go on within family members in a business, right? Uh, oh, you have to. Yeah. Well, yeah. Without, of course we have confidential agreements with all our clients, so I can't say any names or anything, but we have right now we have, um, dad died about two years ago and really phenomenally successful business. And, um, but he, he, he died pretty much without a will or anything like that. And he never really clarified what the business was going to look like beyond his lifetime. They never did any strategic planning. And so he left two sons and a daughter and, and really the daughter's not an employee, but her husband is. Mm. So it's, it's two blood sons, a, a brother-in-law and a sister. Wow. And when dad died, he left this vacuum because it was unclear who was supposed to do what exactly. Well, one brother kind of thought, well, gosh, dad's gone. Somebody's going to do what dad did. And he became kind of a swaggering, blustery, you know, tell everybody what to do and bust ass and, and, and kick butt. And, you know, just he became kind of a, a little bit of a tyrant trying to emulate the way dad used to operate. Mm-hmm. And, of course, that didn't go well with the brother-in-law or the sister or the brother. And so that got to be a problem. And then in, in kicking ass, he decided to kick the brother-in-law's ass most of all. And that didn't go well with the sister. Yeah. And um, now the brother-in-law, as it turns out, needed his ass kicked. <laughs> he's he's really he's costing the company tons and tons of money, uh, and then rationalizing it because he's a nice guy and all this other stuff. And we're not all about the money and all that. But if you're leaving, in their case, leaving millions on the table, literally millions on the table, by simply not filing paperwork promptly and then paying penalties as a result. Oh, goodness. To, to they do a lot of government work, so you know when you don't hit your government mm. targets, there's penalty. And so they paid out $6 million in penalties or something like that last year because of, you know, just basically not getting the paperwork in on time. So did that, did that guy need his butt kicked? Yeah. You betcha. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he absolutely does. Anyway, long and short, all of this family stuff, the, the vacuum, the power vacuum that dad left. Now dad's gone. It's nothing, you know, we can't recriminate against dad now. But, but the siblings didn't know what to do. And as a result, they ended up in a really bad place. And frankly, we're going to take the high road and we're going to try to put everything back together again with the sibling. And we actually have, <laughs> I shouldn't say this now after my tirade earlier. But <laughs> oh, wait, let me guess. Retreat. You're going to do a family retreat. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to do a family retreat and we're going to try to put it back together. But internally, me and my consultants have two consultants assigned to this one. And we really question whether it's salvageable mm. and we think what's going to end up happening is the, the two brothers are going to end up buying out the sister-in-law and the brother, which is, you know, why is that a bad outcome? They're, they are miserable together right now. <clears throat> and it's going to cost a fortune, and their balance sheet is going to take a hit because they've got to buy out the sister. Her third might be worth <laughs> $30 million or something Whoa. like that. Who knows what it's worth? But right. anyway, long and short, it's going to be painful to, to buy out this one-third interest in the business. But isn't it a whole lot more painful to have siblings at odds with each other and never really getting together again for Thanksgiving or oh, Christmas? Oh, yeah, right. You know, if we, don't, if we don't put this hurt behind them, they'll never. And it ripples out. It ripples out to, the, to G3. So the cousins are all looking askance at each other, wondering, you know, what, where are you in this, you SOB? I mean, my dad is right and your dad is wrong. And, oh, my gosh, it's just a handful. So my guys uh, are gonna, yeah, more power to them. They are, they are, they know they're walking into a buzzsaw. But 
um, you know, that's what this family needs. And, mm-hmm. and when, you know, we'll try to be the objective, dispassionate guide. Wayne, you can be dispassionate. I don't, <laughs> I don't believe you. Now, when I tell these stories, you notice <laughs> I never am in the field consulting. <laughs> uh, no, I'm the, I am definitely the weak link in our chain. <laughs> so I try to, uh, I heard a, <laughs> I, I talked to a guy uh, years ago. He was a contractor in South Carolina, just a really charming guy. Really. He, he, he adored my wife. He just, we always had fun together at dinner and um, he was building a Walmart in Raleigh. And, and I called him and I said, Hey Billy, when you're, when you come up to this Walmart job in Raleigh, let me know and Lisa and I'll take you out for dinner. And he said, Wayne, first of all, I don't come to the job sites because I'm a gentleman contractor. <laughs> but more more important, I don't come to the job sites because whenever I walk on the job sites, I screw things up. Right. <laughs> a lesson and, that and many owners that should learn. I know. I know. And so I took a lesson from Billy and I tried, you know, the, the guys come back and they tell me what happened. And then we put the team together and we try to problem solve. But the worst thing that can happen is for me to actually go on a job site <laughs> because then I try to fix things and I just completely step all over my consultants and, and make them mad and ruin the family. And I just I need to stay the heck away. And that's 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 good medicine for probably for a lot of your owners to hear. <laughs> you trust, hire great people, hire yeah. people smarter than you and and let them do their thing. Give them some rope, you know, give them some autonomy. I was just reading a book last week. Uh, it was, I think it's called Happiness, actually. And um and uh, one of the things that, that people value that makes them the most happy is autonomy at work. And if you think about your remodelers or our contractors, <laughs> that's often the last thing they have. You know, right. they've got a bunch of micromanager bosses. I, just, I was with a company yesterday, uh, over $100 million of revenue. And the number one complaint from the employee surveys was micromanagement from the head guy who's 63 years old. Oh, wow. And who wants to be out by 20... 20- he wants to be out by 2021. Wow. He better get so here moving. We are. That's not that far away. No. Right? He wants to be out, and yet he's still out there micromanaging mm-hmm. his people, the very people that he hired with promises of, you're going to have this job, you're going to be responsible for this. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It, it, it almost defies imagination. Mm-hmm. So, Wayne, it's that time of the show. Do you know what oh, time? Boy. Do you know what time this is? Now, do I get a prize or something? <laughs> <laughs> no, you, you get to answer all my fun questions. It's okay, the uh, cool. all right, okay. the lightning round. And now, here's a Remodeler's Advantage lightning round. It's a trap. All right. Lightning round. Here we go. All right. Let's put 60 seconds on the clock. What's your favorite business book and why? Oh, man. All of them. Um, <laughs> one that I read recently that I liked a bunch is... Uh, I think it's Andy Stanley. He's the he's a pastor of a mega church, and Making Vision Stick. That was a really good one. Making Vision Stick. But I mean, I could give you thirty others. If, if <laughs> You're a big reader. That. Yeah. If you weren't president of the Family Business Institute, what do you think you'd be doing? Bartender because of easy access to liquor. I, guess. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't know. I have no idea. <laughs> School teacher? I, I really don't. I have those no are pretty. Idea. I know it wouldn't be a remodeling contractor. <laughs> I wouldn't do that. <laughs> what are you not very good at? Um, almost everything. I'm only good at a really very very few things, and I try to stick to those. And uh, whenever I get like the consulting thing, I'm a bad consultant, so I just I don't I don't do consulting. Your room, your desk, or your car? Which do you clean first? Well, all of them. <laughs> I'm kind of a neat freak. Uh, <laughs> 
Oh, my desk is always clean at the end of every day, so that's not an issue. Wow. My wife's a slob. So <laughs> cleaning up at home is pretty pretty hard to get accomplished, and, and, and so I guess my car. Okay. What was the last gift you gave someone? Oh, um, gave my son an FBI shirt. Mm. <laughs> I gave my son a... You're giving uh, tchotchkes to your family members. Logo shirt. Yeah, great. He gave me one for his, from his company, so I gave him one back, and I guess that counts. What's the weirdest thing I'd find in your refrigerator? Capers. We always have capers in the refrigerator. I love those little pungent things. They're so delicious. Yeah. And she puts it on everything. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much for doing this, Wayne. You know, you've been working with family businesses so many years. You've got so many great experiences to share. And so many of our clients and members of Roundtables are family businesses. So we're really excited yeah. to have you coming to the summit and you'll be around for people to talk to and pick your brain. And so this has been awesome. Now, before yeah, you go. Open book. I'm, I'm looking forward to leaving, uh, meeting your members and they're awesome. hopefully imparting a little bit of encouragement to them. Oh, good. Great. Yeah, they're a wonderful group of people. All right. So before we sign off, though, today, first of all, I want to know if, uh, uh, if you'll tell us how people can purchase your book. You've got the new one that just came oh, out. Where yeah. do we go to pur- mm-hmm. purchase your yeah. book? Yeah, everything's on Amazon. So just go, my name, Wayne Rivers, or Our Family Business Crisis. Uh, and, and then once you get there, there'll be links to all the other stuff, too. So uh, Amazon is an awesome resource for sure. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. I'll put, I'll put links in the show notes. Okay, great. All right, so before cool. we you. go, books, baby. I want you to share your five words of wisdom with our audience. There are always trade-offs. Hmm. There's no perfect solution in a family business. There's, you know, everybody's looking for that, for that perfect solution. And we get people and they have, um, they call up about these things. And, and now this, some lawyer in California has come up with what he calls a Popeye plan. Popeye, like, you know, olive oil and Popeye. Yeah. Yep. And, and, and I, you know, we, he, somebody sent it to us and we looked at it and it works, you know, it can work given the situation. People call and they say, Hey, I, I want to retire in five years and I'm thinking about an ESOP. Okay. But anyway, we don't have time for all that. But <laughs> there are all these tools out there, and 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 you know, who knows? All these. Every answer has trade-offs. Yeah. When, when we look at families in business together, it, it almost always takes a combination of things: four, five, six little solutions to to aggregate into one overarching solution that covers the business and the family and the money and most important balance in life. There you go. If you can cover those four dimensions, family operations of the business, money and balance in life, man, you've got it going on. If you, if you're out of balance, whether it's the money or the family or whatever, if you're out of balance, you're miserable. Mm -hmm. If you're in balance, you're in harmony with the world. You're in harmony with nature. You're in harmony with God. Everything works. That is a wonderful sentiment. And with that, Thank you again. We will see you in September in New Orleans at the 2018 Remodeler Summit. Thank you very much, Wayne. We're excited to be there. Thank you. Thanks, Thanks Wayne. so much. Bye. So that was pretty good, huh? Yeah, some really good advice for our many, many, many family businesses out there. You know, And for those that are thinking about bringing family in. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Or figuring, trying to figure out how to kick family out, you know? <laughs> it goes all ways. You know, it is. It's, it's, it, there's a whole nother dimension 
of issue that goes on in a family business. But I really like the way he starts out by going through the business door, working with that objective data, getting as much of the emotion out of it and coming around at it that way. That makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah, oh, 100%. And, you know, I like how he um, he said that they do what they, yes. they kind of walk the walk. Mm-hmm. Every If they mm-hmm. say you're going to do something, they do it themselves. You know, it's, it's totally the opposite of my parents who always said, do as I say, not as I do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, but it's also very similar to what we do here. I mean, every time that I'm telling somebody that they need to build a budget, I'm thinking about how we're going to fine tune ours or the strategic planning or the visions, all that stuff. I thought he was totally right on and, uh, you know, it was good stuff. Yeah, he's a great guy. I can't wait. He's uh, For everyone that's listening out there, he's going to be at the summit and he's going to kick butt because mm-hmm. he is – He's so he's so smart. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's like tons hero. of fun and awesome. You know something else? This this song that we end the show with mm-hmm. here. Um, I've gotten so many emails. Like, <laughs> what is that song? Yeah. Like, where do I find that song? Really? Yeah. Tons of people say, "Man, it sounds so cool." Where? Who is that? What is that? So, um, I went ahead. I uploaded it to YouTube. Mm-hmm. So you could just go to YouTube and and like just search for uh, Power Tips Unscripted. Or, oh, or, you know, Power Tips outro song or something like that. I'll, well, I'll put a link to it okay, in the show good. notes, too. That's but you great. can just Google it because um, yeah, so many people asked me, so I had to just finally put it's it up. It's a nice, upbeat song, isn't it? I mean, I'm I'm happy. It's a beautiful day. Yeah. <laughs> isn't it a beautiful yeah, day? Yeah, well, It's another betcha. beautiful day. Yeah. And we've just talked to Wayne, so the day's just off Get to a better great and better. start. That's right. All right. Well, thanks for being here. I'm Mark Harari. I'm Victoria Downing, and we'll see you next time. Next week. Yeah. Take it away, Naomi. This has been another episode of Power Tips Unscripted, the remodeler's guide to business. Visit www.remodelersadvantage.com to learn more about Roundtables, our world-class peer advisory program. There you can also find information about our business consulting services, upcoming live events, and much more. And finally, don't forget to subscribe to the show and comment on iTunes. Thanks for listening. It's a beautiful day.